Hey guys, this is Nice Work, and it's a podcast, and it's a, a super nice club podcast. It's also my first ever podcast, and I'm learning on the fly. We're going to kick this thing off with my great friend, Jeremy Forcier. Jeremy's a loan officer in Petaluma, California, but he's not really an ordinary loan officer. He's also a coach, a mentor, and someone who, more than just about anybody I know, has learned how to learn. He coaches executives around the world, not just on business, but also on finding happiness and purpose in their work. So in just about a half an hour, you'll get Jeremy's take on self-limiting beliefs, empathy as a superpower, finding happiness and satisfaction in the work that you get to do, and of course, the perfect home loan process. You ready for this? Okay. So let me find the right button for this expensive uh, Segway sound effect package. There it is. Is that it? Yeah, there it is. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep. Hello, super nice people, and welcome to Nice Work, a super nice club podcast. I'm Todd Brilliant, your host, and joining me and you today is our first ever guest, Jeremy Forcier. Jeremy, thank you so much for giving us your time for being on the show today. It's Super nice to have you with us. Awesome. Thank you, Todd. Super honored to be here. How's your day, Jeremy? What's your biggest accomplishment so far? And it's early, but you get up early. <laughs> um, my biggest accomplishment so far, well, it's 9 a.m. And I would say, number one, my biggest accomplishment was I woke up today. So that's always the biggest accomplishment is I got, I got a, a chance at the day. I got a chance to win the day. So yeah, I, I got up. Came to the office, uh, formatted some thoughts and notes. I've already got my Peloton in, and I'm feeling good now. Today, your biggest accomplishment is getting up. What about in the last week or so? Is there something really nice that you've seen or experienced that kind of sticks with you this week? Yeah, share? definitely, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so this last week, I went to an event a week ago, and it was called Amplify. Uh, it was incredible. And I signed up for it thinking it was an influence public speaking event. And it was way more than that. Yes, we learned how to give some presentations and we learned how to address audiences and tell our stories and find our stories and how we can communicate those better to connect with people. What they don't tell you is how heavy duty that is going through uh, emotional stuff uh, to get you to a place where you can get out of your head because that's where we communicate from. That was one of my big takeaways is that we all communicate from our head mostly, mm -hmm. logic, et cetera. But we don't drop down and connect from heart to heart. And the heart is where all connection is made. So it, it was incredible. I walked away with some great tools, uh, some great new friends, and really confident about improving my batting average with human connection. And I'm super focused on that. That is like the number one thing probably for 20, um, 20 moving forward is, is that for me. And this event was called Amplify? You said it was Yeah, called it was called Amplify. Amplify. It was really cool. Now, yeah, so a guy named Renee Rodriguez. He's awesome, man. Look him up. com. Fantastic. That's a good jumping off point too, because nobody knows, like, they know you're Jeremy Forcier, but if you're listening, like, well, who is Jeremy? What does he do? You're, you're a loan officer. 
Okay, everybody, Jeremy's a loan officer. He's not just any loan officer, but he's one of the nation's top loan officers. I don't think everybody's really necessarily familiar with what a loan officer is or does. I mean, they may have some ideas. Can you explain yourself a little bit, like, you know, what you do? Explain, explain. explain. Yeah, <laughs> who are you and who do you work for? Um, <laughs> well, there's a lot of misconceptions oh. around what loan officers do, I think, right? Yeah. You know, and, and how they yeah, work with yeah. banks. And there's a lot of sort of mistrust out there or there used to be, you know, give us, tell yeah. us what you do. Yeah. So ultimately what I do is that I take people through the process of buying and refinancing real estate. So a loan officer is just someone, me who helps provide financing and structure uh, to consumers uh, that are looking to purchase a real estate or refinance real estate that they already own. Uh, that is my primary job, is to make sure uh, that people obtain financing that's appropriate uh, and that it's responsible home ownership and that they get good advice. Versus irresponsible home ownership, right? Yeah, it's pretty easy to be yeah. irresponsible within home ownership irresponsible with money in general is so easy to do just because there's such a lack of fiscal literacy in in america and it's just not taught it's not taught on how to budget like budgeting 101 should be a high school required class and then you should be required to do it in college and then you should be required to do it after college i like simple stuff like that so yes it, it is very easy to be irresponsible um, and especially give bad advice, quite frankly, in any industry where you get paid based on someone getting something, getting a loan, that could lead to bad advice. That could lead to maybe a wrong program or setup and you're just looking at a check or a commission. And I've seen so many people make mistakes uh, in their career and consumers make mistakes where maybe they just didn't get the best advice. And so I'm super passionate about that. I don't get paid to give people loans at the end of the day. I get paid to give great advice and make sure I can set people up mm -hmm. for financial success in their life, whatever that looks like. Right. Well, that's, that's great to hear that not every loan officer out there is, you know, trying to take advantage of me. You know, the difference between yeah. a responsible home ownership and irresponsible is life changing. It can mean like, Oh, your kids go to college. Oh, your kids don't go to college. Right. If you make, the wrong, right. you sign the wrong papers. So, and I know that you, Jeremy, take that really seriously. You know, I you do. understand the well, impact I take the, of I, lives. I take the, the, the advice part really seriously. I mean, the reality is um, you can't, I'm not in control of anyone, right? I'm not in control of how people spend their money. I'm not in control of decisions people make outside of getting a home loan and putting a plan together. And that used to be really frustrating to me. So I was like, gosh, we came out with this great plan, but you know what, the older I get and the more life that I have lived and having plenty of failures and successes myself in my own life as a parent, financially, good decisions, bad decisions, impulse decisions, <laughs> great execution on right. some items. The reality is, is that it, it, it's fluid and it's always changing. So you have to understand that even if you do give the best advice possible, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen exactly that way. It just means the odds are in the consumer's favor, hmm. right? For something to happen very positive. Um, I can't control if someone loses their job, right? I can't control 
if um, they decide they want to buy like a charter airplane service membership when they have no business doing that. Like I can't control that stuff. I want one, by the way, that's why I bring it up, but don't have (laughs) one because I know it's not responsible for me to do that. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'd I'd say that that, that, that's sometimes the challenge, right? Is that I don't think people want to give bad advice in my industry. There's always going to be a couple bad apples in any industry. Right. But ultimately, I don't think people want to do wrong or harm. And ultimately, I don't think that consumers want to put themselves in a compromised position. And we just do that sometimes. We do it subconsciously. We do it because of self limiting beliefs and things that we told ourselves uh, that are true from a young age of maybe an experience that we had or a circumstance that we were in. And then we carry all that stuff with us into adulthood and it influences the choices we make sometimes. So reprogramming that uh, is a task that I would love to take on for everyone, but it's just not possible at all times uh, to take that on for everyone, right? It's, it's, it's difficult, but uh, ultimately, yeah, man, love my job, love giving good advice, love seeing success stories, love helping people in need. And that's where I find my real joys about it. If you notice, I didn't say, I love looking at credit reports or I love, like, I think that there's a big misconception as to what uh, sometimes our real jobs are versus what our titles are. Like there's, there's a big gap there oftentimes in all of our careers and certainly in mortgage, I think there's a gigantic one. Most people that I talk to that are getting into the business or have questions for me around getting into the business are like, Hey, I'm really good at math. And like, I love spreadsheets and like, like that's what I get a lot oftentimes. And I'm like, but do you like people? Like, do you, do you, do you really like people? Like, do you, cause you're going to be talking and meeting with tons of people all day, every day. And if you don't like that aspect of it, maybe there's a different position different within career. the industry. Yeah. Or a different career altogether. The reality is, is that whenever you're in a forward facing job, like I am right forward facing means facing the consumer, facing the population, if you don't like people and you're not genuinely interested in other people and you're not curious about other people and you can't find things that you like, one thing that you like about someone, even if you have nothing else in common, your career will be challenged. It'll be very, very, very difficult. But if you do like those things and you are curious and you, you, you do want to be in connection with lots of people and you love learning about people and you're interested in them, it becomes very easy to make connection and everything else can be learned. So that's my favorite part about the business is the people period. Mm-hmm. The amount of people I get to not only help, but I get to know. And that's the coolest part, hands down. Oh, that's, that's great. And not everybody is a people person. If you're out there and you're listening to Jeremy and you're like, Oh man, maybe, maybe I shouldn't, you know, I, I don't, I can't really find that one thing about everybody because for whatever reason. It doesn't mean that you're not a nice person, just means that maybe you could be doing the sort of, what do you call it? The behind the line or the, you know, the, the background stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The behind the yeah. scenes and there's fulfillment in that, you know, we need to shift, find, you know, which part of that line that we should be on. I've had that struggle before, well, but I've also changed over the years. There've been times in my life where yeah. I have been great person to person. In the past, there are times where I had no business. And yet I found myself yeah. out there interacting with people and, and, and everybody knows that you're not happy. 
what, what's interesting, Todd, to me is that we're talking about fulfillment, I think, a little bit. Like we're talking about like what fulfills you and work. And I think, and I, I know that's cliche, mm-hmm. uh, but cliches are there for a reason. Exactly. I think that um, a lot of us are very confused about work. Yes, it would be great to have a dream job that you just love pouring into and you love everything about it. And it's just, oh, it's effortless. <laughs> it's, it's so great. that might be like less than one half of 1% of anyone that has a job. Right. And so I I don't buy into that too much. And if you are in that position, God bless you, because that is fantastic. Right. Hold on to that as long as you can. I just think you have to find things that you like about the work that you do. Even if it's the grind, even if it's just one little thing that you love accomplishing task lists or filling out a spread, you have to find something you like about your job because it's just a means to do other things in your life that you really like or want to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do believe that. I do think you should be passionate if you can about the work that you do, but if you can't be passionate about what your work allows you to do. And I think we take that for granted. Amen. We That's take that great. for granted. Be passionate about the things that your work allows you to do that. Yeah. That's a great one right there. And if you are, that one half of 1% that absolutely loves your job and it, it perfectly blends in your life and it's completely fulfilling. I want to hear from you. Reach out. Let me know. Yeah. You'd be an awesome Definitely. guest. Okay. So holler at me. I want to know. That'd be an amazing, nice work segments. Uh, Todd at superniceclub.com or reach out through Instagram or Facebook. I also want to add real quick is that Jeremy is a close friend of the Super Nice Club. In fact, I'm going to say that you were like the third or fourth member, top 10 for sure. And your support and cheerleading has been super helpful, you know, instrumental really in, in pushing this new venture into what is becoming a movement, you know, a movement to make the world 10% nicer. I just want to say thank you. I'm really grateful, proud to call you a friend, glad to have you on. That's all the ask kissing I'm going to do right now. Um, but no, it really, it's, it makes a difference, man. And in your work, and this is my work, okay? This is my work. So in your work, when your friends and family are supportive, it really moves the needle of fulfillment, right? right? And when they are excited for you, maybe they can't relate to it all. You know, a lot of people, they can't relate to what it's like to be a loan officer. A lot of my friends are like, really, you're, you're gonna try to make the world 10% nicer? That's a career? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I think it's pretty awesome. If they get behind it, it doesn't matter if they can relate to it. They see that you're happy. And so, that's why I'm thanking you because as, as a friend of mine, you know, it has made an impact. You're also the very first guest of, of this podcast. You know, you get to be the guinea pig to the format, which is something that, of course, a friend does. And what we right. want to discuss in this format, and it's going to evolve, everyone, is not only the nice work uh, that you're doing in your career, but what we've kind of already gotten into just naturally, which is how the nice work in your career aligns, or maybe it doesn't, Right with a nice work that you'd like to do in the other areas of your life. For Jeremy, from what we've heard, it does align because the work itself powers the other things. It allows him to do these other things, right? And sometimes our work doesn't align so well, and that's when we get to decide, do we do something different for work or maybe the other areas of our life that are interested in, those need to shift, right? That's an individual decision. Everybody has to decide, and it's something that isn't static and changes throughout time. You've kind of gotten into this already, but I just want to, to, to get in on it. Like as a loan officer, 
what's the nicest part of your work? You know, how do you see yourself making the world a nicer place in your role as a loan officer? Or maybe you don't, but is there alignment there? Hmm. So I think I already kind of touched base on it. Yeah. Then the nicest part of my job for me is to be able to impact and improve the lives of others through responsible homeownership. Like I'm passionate about it. Uh, the good people deserve great advice and great line. The connection at the, <laughs> as someone wrote it for me a while ago, it was really good, but he was really smart. Uh, he took my <laughs> ideas and put them pen to paper, yeah. uh, Todd. So it, it essentially for me, it's the connection. It really is. It's the human connection in a digital world where everything becomes more curated, more curated, uh, less authentic in my opinion. Um, and maybe not less authentic. It's just so easy to access information, right? That mm -hmm. sometimes you, the, the, the stuff that really hits home and the connection is hard to find uh, these days. So I love the human connection. And that's definitely the nicest part of my job is being able to connect with people and being able to connect them with other good people. Like I don't look at my job as me. I look at me as the middle like the hub of spokes on a bike and I'm right in the middle, like the hub. And when people need anything, I can point them in the right direction, whether it's a CPA or the best place to have, you know, a salad in Petaluma lunch yet, or whether it's, I could go on and on and on, right. Whether it's a contractor or a handyman or whether it's someone who ne needs some tax advice or some financial planning advice, or whether someone just wants to know, like, where can I get my car detailed? Or I love, connecting with humans and then connecting them with other great people so that by far uh, is the nicest part of my job and the thing i look forward to most on a day-to-day -day basis do you ever do you ever struggle to be consistently nice at work you know what are what are some of the, the failure <laughs> points what are some of your biggest failure points uh and challenges um, you know places where you should have had patience or empathy maybe where you shouldn't you know difficult customers i guess yeah well, um, I mess up all the time. So even being focused in personal development, which I'm passionate about and always trying to be better um, for myself and for others. I see, yeah, of course, man, I, I'm not patient all the time. Um, I can be short-sighted. Um, I can uh, sometimes be uh, short with someone that I shouldn't have been short with. But the reality is most of the time when I have a negative or confrontational interaction, at work, it's because of fear. Okay. It always results back to me for two fears that I have. One and the biggest one uh, is the fear of letting people down. Mm. And so I find that when I start to feel those emotions, it's actually because I feel like I'm letting someone down. Like if you don't understand what I'm telling you after we've gone through it multiple, multiple times and you and the other or Todd, you still feel confused or frustrated. My frustration is actually not at the person that's at myself. And it's easy to be self-aware after you do something stupid. Um, it's harder sometimes to do it in the middle of it and pull the e-brake and be like, ah, I'm doing it. But those are the best times when I can pull the e-brake and go, hey, wait a second. You know what? I'm sorry, right? Let's do a redo. And I love asking for a redo. I do it a lot. Like I do it with my wife. I do it with friends sometimes. I do it with customers sometimes where I'm like, you know what, let's do a redo. Like that's not at all the, the way that I wanted this to go. 
that's being vulnerable, which is hard in the workplace sometimes. How do you find but that? I feel that, that it's, usually? I, it's usually awesome. Really? Yeah. And that's the funny part. It's the opposite of what our brain tells us because our reptilian brain, which is fight or flight, right? It's like I'm hungry or someone's trying to kill me. Like that's, that's your, that's your reptilian brain. And that's usually where we go under stress. So what we have to do is get out of that thought process and stop. And people are usually unbelievably kind. Um, even maybe some of the harshest people or people that you wouldn't think would be people are kind. Um, people just want to know that they feel hurt. So you, you mentioned the word empathy as well. And empathy is a tricky one because sympathy and empathy are two different things. And empathy is probably the most powerful emotion when working with other individuals um, in my line of work and probably in any. And empathy is you saying like, that sucks when someone is sharing something really painful. Sympathy, right? And being with them, that's empathy. Being with them through it, like being there in that moment with them. Mm -hmm. It's not fixing something. It's not, oh, poor you. Like if you, if everyone, if everyone's having a bad day and you go, man, I feel so sorry for you, poor thing. You probably want to chop them in the throat. You wouldn't, <laughs> but you probably would. And, and I don't think that we mean anything negative by it when we, we're coming off as sympathetic. We're just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how to be there. And we want to fix it, right? So empathy is something that I'm constantly working on because um, I've been told that I'm either really good at it or I'm really bad at it. Like, oh, you're really good at that in moments or, oh my gosh, man, like you're horrible at that. And it is true. I catch myself all the time trying to fix instantly. Like I hear uh, an issue and I want to jump in and not acknowledge that the person is going through this and that I'm sure it is really hard and it sounds awful. Right. And that that's empathy, right? Is is stepping into it with them. So I'm working on empathy to answer your question. Um, I read books about it. I listen to audios about it. And I write a lot every day uh, in journals about how I can be more helpful and empathetic to the people around me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that empathy is a superpower that I have not mastered, that I am extremely curious about mastering and I'm focused on it for sure. Mm. No, that's great. You know, I was going to ask you about, and you just covered, but you know, that phrase that a lot of, that a lot of us use when we're talking about personal challenges and education, you know, the, uh, doing the work, right. Yeah. And it sounds like your work right now is a lot of it is focused on empathy. When we do that work, that personal work that we all know we need to do and we need to do it every day. And it's so easy to backslide and it's so easy to get upset at ourselves when we do backslide, but it, it, it translates often so powerfully to the work that we do, right? To our careers. You know, you do the personal work, you become more patient at home, you become more patient at work, you become a more patient parent, you know, friend, uh, advisor, whatever it is that you're doing for a career. And that's why it's so important to do it. And it's, it's why we try to sort of separate our work persona from our, our you know, personal persona. That can be difficult. Well, Todd, can I ask you a question? So, why do you think it is that we struggle so much and, and that we feel like we have to have two identities, like one at work? This is a question I ask myself all the time. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know that everybody does, but I know that I do sometimes, you know, um, feel that I put on a work face and I, 
think that has to do, you know, I'm just answering on the spot here. I think that has to do with the level of sort of um, contentment I have in the work. You know, if the work is very, is more fulfilling, then there's less of a mask that I have to put on, right? Because I'm not protecting my personal, my home life from a job that I don't like, right? I go to the work, I don't like the job, I put on my, my job armor, you know, so that I can handle that. And so that that work stuff doesn't contaminate my home life. That speaks to a mismatch, right? That speaks yeah. to having a career that maybe you shouldn't have. Fortunately, it's been some time since I've, since I've been in that position. But I think that even in jobs that we love, there are moments when we get frustrated. We hate it. We're like, ah, oh, this sucks because so-and-so is, you know, isn't coming through or because I did a bad job. And it's hard to think, oh, right. I did a bad job and own that and not feel and not question a lot of things about yourself. So that, again, is another reason to sort of want to protect yourself. I think it's I think it's interesting that you use the word like protect. Right. And you use the word, uh, you know, use the word protect, use the word hide, mm -hmm. hide, you know, that I don't like it um, and use the word struggle. Right. Like it's an armor. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I think that in one, to go back to what I said at the very beginning is that we just have to find things that we do like about what we're doing, especially in really difficult times. And the reality is everything is hard. Mm -hmm. It's just simple. There's a big difference between simple and easy, right? Every, I really truly think that everything is pretty damn simple at the end of the day. That doesn't mean it's easy, though. And we get confused with simple and easy, especially when there's something at work that we have to deal with that we don't like. Well, that doesn't mean you don't like your job. That means there's, you're, there's something hard that you're doing. Right. And last time I checked, everything good that's ever happened to me has come out of something that was difficult. The best things that I cherish in my life at work and in personal life have all come from some type of struggle, overcoming something, um, you know, a, a difficult task, something I didn't want to do, change, right? Yeah. All, of, all of those words and, and things in my life that have ended up being great came with some type of struggle and some type of uncomfortableness, right? That people talk about all the time, being uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that you want to make yourself uncomfortable on purpose. It means that when you're pursuing something awesome, you're going to have roadblocks and that's going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I, I do, I think that it's interesting when I ask you that, that what I hear back, right, is like protect, hide, compartmentalize at the end right. of the day. Right. I don't, I don't think that's possible. I think that that's impossible. It's impossible to compartmentalize life. That's why I hate uh, a lot of Facebook stuff personally. Love Facebook, love Instagram, but I feel like you just get the highlight reel, right? Or you get a fake curated portion, whereas I think work life and regular life ultimately have to combine into one. And if we don't figure that out, we're always going to be irritated and frustrated and we're not going to be our most authentic self. Absolutely agree. It's hard to live a life where you always have a job that you love and that, that it integrates well but it's certainly something we should yeah. all be working toward, right? And Definitely. what you were just talking about reminds me of a phrase that I love so much, which is so simple. You know, when you're talking about the, um, the you know, growth. And growth is, is usually painful. You know, it's supposed to be. 
you know, growing pains when you're a kid, your legs are aching at night. Your parents have to come massage. I never, is that a, is that a short joke? I've never experienced growing pain. No, you look, you look tall on video. (laughs) You do. You sound tall. You sound really tall. The, uh, the phrase is, is I get to, right? It's the reframe versus I have to. Oh, I love that. Right. It's so good. It saved me so many times. Like for 10 years I did, um, an hour and a half school drop-off commute each day. And I used to just be like, Ugh, hour and a half, you know, and it's in the middle of the work day. You're trying to work while you do, you know, I have to go pick my kid up from school. I have to. And then you, oh, wait, no, that's my kid. I get to, you know, I get to spend 45 minutes talking to my kid about how school was on the way back. You know, I get to spend this quality time. I get to be in a position where I can go and pick my kid out from school, right? And take that hour and a half off each day. I get to. And there's so many instances of where you just tell yourself, I get to instead of I have to, that that little bit of a reframe, yes, it still may be painful like you were just discussing, but you're realizing that, that the, uh, the pain is part of a really good process. I would say that anybody who's listening to this, challenge yourself today. The next few times you say or, or think the words I have to, just say I get to it's it's pretty neat it'll work um jeremy i know that you do a lot of things in your community and i know that you support and you love the arts you know you love creatives and you support a number of artists and for me i mean there there aren't there aren't a lot of things that are super nicer than art and creative expression you know i love that stuff i love that world and there aren't as many people supporting the arts as as i wish there were and so on behalf of the artists that are out there thanks for, for you supporting the, you know, those that you do. Can you talk about some of those artists that you support and, and how they inspire you? Wow. Like names yeah. and names, man. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to share your artists with people out there. You know, I want names and websites. Yeah. Check them out. I want to promote some artists. Let's do it. That's cool. So three that come to mind right off the top of my head is uh, thank you X. Uh, amazing artist. Absolutely incredible. Check them out. Uh, Instagram at thank you X um, Joey Colombo J dot Colombo check them out on Instagram you can check out their websites too incredible artists love love what he's doing he does some really crazy stuff with currency where most of his art and when I say most like high 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 percentage is actually made out of different real currency money from all over the world and it, it's it's unbelievable. And Joey's out stuff. of Oakland, right? Uh, East Bay. Yeah, Joey's out of Oakland. Thank you, X is out of LA. Um, and I mean, thank you, X is doing just some crazy stuff too. Uh, really pushing my mind uh, to think differently when I look at some of the art that he creates, and just to see his progression over the last ten years has been unbelievable. Um, yeah, he's awesome. So check them out. And Naomi Clark, uh, she's awesome. Great artist. Love her. Um, I have pieces by all of these artists. And I, yeah, I love to support people that where are do we, doing where cool do we find stuff. Naomi Clark, I, Naomi Clark um, at Naomi Clark, I think. Um, I can look it up real quick on Instagram. She's I'll, awesome. I'll, I'll she, add it in the show notes. It's fine. Um, yeah, so lives Naomi in New York. Clark, great, great person. And thank you, X. I've met Thank You X, thanks to you recently. Really, really cool guy. Great art. His, his, it's not been shown yet, but what he's doing with the um, vehicles. The compact yeah. that's incredible yeah so yeah yeah he's uh, a he's a smart dude and uh 
supporting that, it, would you say that it's sort of a, a vicarious thrill for you at this point? Or could you see yourself career-wise in a different life or maybe in a later life getting more involved in that world? Yeah, I could see myself getting involved in that world like right now. Um, I mean, I love it. I mean, music is my favorite form of art, personally. Um, I, the artists that I just gave you um, are you know, creative artists that are creating painting, sculptures, etc things of that nature which i love as well uh, but i really 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 love uh, the music arts so if i had a magic wand right and i could change myself or my life or my career trajectory uh-huh. in an instant it would probably have to do something with music for sure and so the, the, absolutely and i love supporting musicians and i just love the stories of any artist, but especially in music for some reason, the stories of the struggle and doing what they love and the opportunity and just the overwhelming gratitude that I usually see from musicians, which is why I love to go to live music as much as possible. I don't care if it's a bluegrass band, uh, heavy metal, hip hop show, Who are you EDM listening to right concert, now? like, what's up? Who are you listening to right now? Come on, I'm putting you on the spot. What's turning uh, if I were to pull up my Spotify right now, I think yeah. I'm listening to Tuvlo, uh, uh-huh. Bikini Porn, a song I listened to on repeat all day yesterday. Um, I'm listening to FM Attack a lot right now. Um, Gary Clark Jr., after I saw his performance on the Grammys, just reminded me like how amazing uh, he is. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to Gary Clark Jr. right now. I mean, there is a plethora of other people oh, that I'm listening great. to. So, three. Yeah. Um, and then music books, I'm going to ask every guest for, you know, any book that's really inspired you recently, something you're reading right now, you gotta, you know, let's, let's, I want a book to read, throw one at me. Dude, great book. We talked about empathy a little bit earlier. Um, Brene Brown, uh, dare to lead. Um, incredible. Okay. Is that a, is that a new book? Is that something that just came out or is that a classic? You know what? I don't ever even look, I have no idea. I don't know if it is. If it was written 10 years ago, or if it was written last year, um, it was written after the her the big Hurricane Harvey because she referenced it. So it must be in the last couple of years okay. that it was that it was written. But it is incredible. She is phenomenal writer and speaker. If you like audio, she's great on audiobook as well. Um, so three books I've read recently. That one was absolutely incredible. Uh, Five Laws of Leadership by John Maxwell, incredible. And Today We Are Rich by Tim Sanders are the three that come to mind off the top of my head. Oh, that's great. Thanks. And I'll add those also in the show notes, everybody, um, so that you can click and find those. So Jeremy, here's how we're going to wrap the, um, the episodes. We're going to wrap them because where you, our guest, get to issue a super nice challenge to the listeners. You know, something simple they can do that, that, uh, you know, it's not just the, the, the daily bar up a little closer to 10% nicer. Awesome. You hear that dog? So you hear that dog my, in the yeah, I, I thought you had a pet dolphin. What do you <laughs> it's only a little distracting. A super nice challenge. And listeners out there, listen up, because this one is going to be something that, that you should engage in. I'm going to. So my super nice challenge, uh, if I were to pick one today, would be just call someone that you haven't talked to in a long time. Call an old friend. Maybe it's a family member. 
just give someone a buzz that you haven't connected with in a long time and you should talk to them. I did it yesterday and it was amazing. I got to call my buddy Jordan Walker and I should, I should preface this. We actually haven't spoke yet, but we corresponded. He had sent me a note on social like, Hey, he's not on social. So it's through his wife. He's my college roommate. I love him. He's one of the best people ever on the planet. And he's an off the grid, super cool. As he would say, country club hippie. And he, he is, he's fantastic guy. So he reached out to me through his wife and was like, man, it's just been too long. And then we got to text and set up a time to chat. And it's just so great to make connections. So reach out to someone that you haven't talked to for a long time. I define long time as greater than three years. Okay. Mm -hmm. So someone you haven't talked to in three years, someone that's important from your past that you want to reconnect with and you get to feel all those good emotions. It's such a gift to give to yourself as well as the other person uh, to instantly feel connected and realize that there are people in your life that are important to you and people that we need to stay in touch with that we've probably neglected. So that's my super nice challenge. Reach out I to someone. I love that challenge. I accept it. I will do it today. And I hope anybody listening to this will accept it. And tell us how it went for you. I'm not sure how. Post, post a picture. Post proof in your socials. You know, Post a picture of that person. Say, I called so-and-so. Tag us at Super Nice Club. Tag Jeremy too. Because Jeremy would probably love to see this. Um, at Jeremy Forcier. Jeremy F-O-R-C-I-E-R on Instagram. Um, I like this. I like this super nice challenge thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it as soon as I'm done with this call. I hope you all follow Jeremy on Instagram at Jeremy Forcier, F-O-R-C-I-E-R. And here's a plug. If you're looking for home loan or refi advice anywhere in the USA, no. reach out to Jeremy. <laughs> no, he really is the super nicest human. Oh, wanna be nice. if, if someday the gods are smiling Don't and I, you I get to buy got to be honest, I don't, don't historically haven't listened to a lot of podcasts. I have a lot to learn about this world. So I hope you liked it, even just a little bit. It's still a work in progress. And your feedback you. will really help us improve this. So um, hit us up, hit me up on Instagram at, at Super Nice Club. Find us on Facebook. Uh, hit up the post with this episode and you can comment there with your feedback. Or you can email Todd, T-O-D, just one D, uh, Todd at superniceclub.com. And please follow Super Nice Club on Instagram, Facebook, because that's where the nice happens. And you can find Sweet Swag at superniceclub.com if you would like to as well. Thank you for listening. See you next time.